When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Walters hears a call back on the blind. Meninga is there, but it's gone right for Langer, then for Daly, and now for McGregor. They won't stop the big Illawarra center. A fine origin series. And now rewarded in his first Australian jumper with a try. Wow, 1994 for that try from Mary McGregor. Terrorised. Yes. That many players in his day. We're going to talk to him in just a sec for BASF, Termidor and Trelona, Australia's most trusted termite solutions. I love this, Satchi. Do you? Like, it's a turn back time segment. No, it's not sure on a massive cannon. Tonight, it's poor Mary McGregor. Yes. Doing the sure impersonation tonight. Mary, welcome to Sports Day. Thanks, guys. How are we? Really well. Really well. When you hear a try like that, that was your debut against France as a... What's your memories go back to uh, you bet your first debut? Uh, it's pretty easy, actually. But I, think, <laughs> I think at that stage, we were front by about 50, so it wasn't too bad. Um, you know, just playing with playing against, uh, you know, the guys that, um, you know, a couple of years before that, I was, I was watching on TV, but then playing beside them um, after an Origin series or a couple of Origin series, uh, it was a great achievement. Uh, pulling on that jumper for the for the first time in front of your parents, and um, you know it's something as a kid you always dream to do. So to be able to achieve that um, with the colour of players I play with, and we won pretty comfortably that night. So I didn't have to do too much to be honest. Yeah, nice. Now, born in Dapto, Mary, were you a Dapto Canary growing up? So I was a Dapto Canary, mate, all the way through. I had one year actually in college, but um, when I was sixteen, but. Every every other part of us uh, with Dapto, mate, right through the grade. Dapto dogs as a kid, even mm. as a young adult, did you did you <laughs> did you get down to the Dapto dogs quite a bit? Absolutely, <laughs> on a Thursday night, um, sitting standing around the fire and waiting <laughs> for a punt. Um, yeah, it was a regular sort of thing with us back then. Uh, as a team, we used to we used to sort of get there on a Thursday night after training. Um, and hang around and um, have a shower and then and go to the dogs on the night and have a couple of beers. So it used to be good. So footy in the winter, what did you do in the summer, mate? Did you play cricket, surf? How did, how did you entertain yourself? Well, as a kid, I played a lot of cricket. Um, and then as I got older, I'd, I'd hit the water a bit. So a lot of surfing and, and water skiing. So that was the main sort water of summer skiing. things. Um, and a lot of touch footy uh, in the summer as well down here. So uh, it was pretty big. Uh, and I got right into it for a while there. So, um, yeah, but like, like been in the water 
um, most of my life. So even that, that, that day's zapped out. It's only 15 minutes to the water. Um, and now I've lived on it. I've lived on the water now for 30 plus years. So yeah, nice. Good. Now, Mary, the, the Illawarra competition growing up has always been, well, is, has always been a great, strong competition. Now, the Steelers, uh, you make your debut at the back end of the 90s and they start becoming a force in the 90s. They make the finals and then you, you win a Challenge Cup in 92. What, that, that side I'm talking about at the, the start of the 90s, was it mainly made up of all local kids? It was. It was um, our back line was back then, um, just a quick one, was Bay Riolo, mm-hmm. Um, Wishard, myself, Rodwell, Girdler, Johnny Simon, and uh, the five-eight was Fritzy, who yep. who was Dale come Fritz. down as a sixteen-year-old from Queensland. But but yeah, so and McIndoe was the other one who was from down this, from Queensland originally, but played all started here before he went to Penrith and come back. So you know, five of that, then seven were locals, and four of them become international. So it was pretty good. Um, you know, kept growing up in the local area and then playing for the local team was uh, was really uh, an achievement back then because before the Steelers were uh, an identity, they used St George used to um, get most of the players and, and you know Blocker obviously and, and and Fulton and all them blokes like that. Gary Jack, they all come from this, this district, but um, had to go up there to play. Um, so Illawarra is really good. We're moving forward in a in a big way. Unfortunately. Um, off pretty quickly once that Super League yeah. and ARL war started. So, um, you know, a divide. Then Graham Murray, uh, we, we made the finals 92, uh, 93, 94, I think by memory, or 92, 94. And then um, well, we were always in the top six. And then um, Mugger um, got punted due to the fact that uh, he joined Super League. Uh, there was not much choice there. And then... Um, Sort of went sideways a little bit from there, uh, and then we sort of picked it back up, and then uh, uh, obviously the joint venture started in '99. You, you mentioned Graham Murray, Muzz, you know, one of the great coaches. He had a lot of success wherever club he went to, and as I said, you won the '92 Challenge Cup that year. Um, now, what sort of coach was he like? Because from the outside looking in, Mary, he looked like a sort of coach that just had this really good connection with the playing group. Uh, he was a gentleman, um, like he was a. You know, as a person, he was a very honest character, um, and you, you really knew where you um, stood with Graham. There was no, you know, if he wanted to shorten you up, he could. Um, also, put an arm around. He's one of them sort of blokes that you felt if you did go out there and do your best for you, let him down as much as you were yourself and your team. So, he's a coach that I always wanted to play for because um, he made me so welcome and so committed to the to the team. I thought that uh, every time I took the field, I wasn't going to let him down. He was that type of guy. The other thing, off the field, he was very... He was, he was a person who really got the family involved in the club. Uh, the girls become best friends. Uh, his wife was involved with that, Amanda. Um, the kids become friends. And he really made it a family club uh, and, and an all-in club. So, for me, it was every time I took the field, I didn't want to obviously let myself or my teammates, but importantly, the coach. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Now, Wollongong Showground. I've got to say, when mm. we talk about one of the, the most horrible grounds to go and play at, Wollongong Showground has got to be in the top three. It was just near impossible to beat you at Wollongong Showground, wasn't it? Well, don't you look, mate, it's, it's a 
nice green patch of grass <laughs> by the ocean. How do you not want to play there? <laughs> it was just it was just the people surrounding that grass and that ocean that probably made it uncomfortable <laughs> to play there. But um, you know, it was a uh, it's a really if you if you look at the ground uh, from the sky, it's, it's actually pretty rare. Um, the, the setup, uh, you know, with the, obviously the sand and the ocean backdrop and the and mountains on the other side of the the, uh, the ground, but uh, the, the crowd is actually on top. It's like an England sort of ground yeah. where you get the crowd and and how close the the, um, the the players are to it. So they let you know. Uh, they'd also let us know if we're not going too well as well. <laughs> so you want to do really well at home to make sure you walked off with uh, a lot of claps and cheers instead of booze. So. Um, yeah, it was a great ground. Uh, it was one, one of the grounds, especially in the early 90s um, to mid-90s, that we, we really owned. Um, it was our patch, and we, everyone that come down, we were going to make sure that, um, you know, we made it hard for them to take away points, and if they did, they were going to be sore for it. So, um, you know, we, we enjoyed playing at home. We used to fill it up, and, um, you know, it was no better thing than putting on that, um, you know, that scarlet. Yeah, it was uh, it was an icon- one of the most iconic parts of the game. I thought that that picturesque ground. But something else that was iconic, Mary, was the Steeler mascot. Now, was it the Steeler mascot that got <laughs> sent off for getting in a fight with one of the players? He was. We were playing the West Tigers, and he thought it was all right to jump into it. I'm not sure <laughs> why. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not sure what he was going to do in the suit, but um, he thought it was a great idea to uh, get involved in around the uh, in goal line. Uh, I think Brendo Mara was the player that was involved in it at the time, and um, and Max was having a bit of a scuffle with someone, so he decided <laughs> to jump in, and he, he got um, he got punted, and I think he lost his job after that game too. I'm pretty sure they changed him now. So uh, he got a double whack. One of the great sponsors on the front of the jerseys, the Illawarra in the days too, wasn't it? Kaiser Stool. Remember the drink? No. Yeah, egg. yeah, we had the uh, the Kaiser Stool. BHP was our main yeah. sponsor. The Kaiser Stool was early days. Yeah, um, BHP was a pretty, it uh, still is an iconic, um, you know, a well-known brand in, in Australia. So, um, you know, with the stool works on the other side of that ground behind it, so um, to to the uh, south, they were a really good supporter of ours, and um, you know, we we had some great supporters locally. Uh, and unfortunately, or, or fortunately, depending on which way you look at it, you know, um, we're not standalone anymore. But we've still got our identity with St George. Um, and but back then, it was just really hard work with local sponsors and, and a bigger company like Birch, but all Kaiser that um, that kept us afloat yeah, for a long now, period. You talk about that '99 year when you merged with the Dragons. What was that first week of training like, Mary? When you, I know you play against the players, and some of them you have a relationship with if you've played Origin. But having to spend every day with them and inside that, that immediate space. What was that first week of training like? Was it strange? Yeah, it was, it was okay for someone like yourself, guys, because I, um, you know, I played with the majority of them boys or against the majority of them boys at other levels. So I knew them on a personal, I knew half a dozen of the boys on a personal uh, basis. And um, I was captain of the Steelers at that time and uh, Corny was captain of the St. George side of it. So... The hardest thing was there was $9 million of player uh, availability and only, um, you know, other clubs are on about four, I think it was four and a half million and we had 18 months to get that back to, 12 months to get that back to and every, uh, to a, to a, um, a cap that fitted in with everyone else. Mary, I hope you get back into the head coaching role uh, again in the NRL, but 
Um, word association before we let you go. First it's a game. That, yeah, yeah, first game, thing right? that comes to uh, your mind when I mention these these people or situations. Rod <laughs> Wishart. How long have I got this? <laughs> Tough. Yeah. He used to wear those ankle high boots too, didn't he? How many words do you want me to elaborate? One or a few? Yeah, just just a few. Wish art. Tough. Um, Had to hit him in the chest. (laughs) Um, And and one bloke do you want beside you in in anywhere you go? Okay. He's a a, a true worrying. Neil Pincinelli. Can drink. Oh, Um, (laughs) And drink lots. Um, one of the, one of his one of his best and closest friends, and still good mates. We grew up together. We played against each other in juniors. And uh, part of the Spaghetti Twins was Schifoletti. Yeah. And one of the better back rowers that probably didn't well definitely didn't reach. I reckon the heights that he should have uh, with his ability. Like he he was a guy that had the had a good rangey um, carry, offload, late feet, um, played a couple hundred games. He was he was a very very good player that should have played higher, uh, representative level. Yeah, I agree, and I'm glad and, you said. And drink anyone on the table. That's that's the reason I'm <laughs> glad you said that because I played with Johnny Cross at Penrith, and he said, "Oh, Neil Pincinelli, the best schooner drinker I've ever met." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's coming from yeah, Johnny Cross. Still trains here at home. Uh, good yeah, well, stuff. Johnny, Johnny still trains here every morning. Yeah, he's going good, Johnny. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, last one. If I said to you, crocodile dress shoes. Oh, Jason Rolls, Sean Timmons, Trent Barrett. Take, take a guess, but they were all involved with it. And so, the shoes ended up everywhere except back at my place. So you had a pair of crocodile dress shoes that just went missing what? one night. Was that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did. They uh, went missing one day and I went to wear them because they, they were back then they were expensive and they were good <laughs> they were good and I went to grab them out I went, I went to get them and they were making a statement so I went to get them and they were gone and the only people that were at my house was them three characters and I went you know what something's gone wrong here next thing you know in the mail I get these photos they're actually in Afghanistan <laughs> with a with a machine gun coming out of the the um then they're taken from there, and then they're in a creek in North Queensland with a cigarette out of the shoe, and then they end up in Bali, and then they end up in another state. And I'm just going, mate, what's going on? And I never got them back, but I've got these photos ongoing for about three years. And uh, every time the boys, like one comes through, I used to take it. I said, mate, what are you doing? Where are and No one would give, give each other up. But I found out, I think I can narrow it down to... Either Jason Rolls or Sean Timmons. That's the two. Yeah, nice. There you Good stuff, Mary. All righty. Uh, for any uh, up-and-coming rugby league players listening to this, don't buy crocodile shoes. Yeah, they're, not right, cool no, they're not cool anymore. They're not cool anymore. They're good on. photos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mary. Paul McGregor, uh, mate, loved living your life of footy. Uh, well done, Sats. Well done, Mary. And thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Great stories. My pleasure, guys. Thanks very much for having me.